Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. I'd like to start off today a little bit differently. I feel like a guided meditation is something that we need to uh, kick (laughs) things off with today. So everybody get comfortable, maybe crisscross applesauce on the floor, hug a pillow, breathe in. Close your eyes and imagine that you are in a land of the near future. Rational thought and scientific literacy are the only things currently going viral. Breathe out. All the stress over domestic terrorists and detention camps and police brutality flows from you as structural and cultural reforms go into effect. Breathe in. Your phone hasn't alerted you to governmental crises since Vladimir Putin left office to spend more time freediving Lake Baikal. Breathe out. And Twitter is once again full of benign posts that millennials and Gen Zs giggle over. <sighs> All right. That was nice. <laughs> wow. Take it out. Yes. <sighs> okay. Uh, first off, happy Veterans Day uh, is today. We're recording it on Veterans Day. And I want to thank all the vets, uh, but in particular, all of, it, all of our LGBTQ vets who not only served, um, but many at a time when they couldn't do so openly. So thank you very much for your service. So uh, what are everybody's thoughts about the, uh, the election so far? Well, I for one am thrilled. I just feel like for four years I've been sleeping with my fists clenched. I've been terrified. I think that this administration has been so toxic. And as I've said many times, it's not one that I just disagree with. It's one that is not a part of democracy. And so I feel a great sense of relief myself. So I'm very happy. Now I feel like I need to sleep for three days. (laughs) (laughs) Watching those results come in was really difficult but it looks like joe biden's going to get you know 306 electoral votes so yeah do you have the uh the post-coital sleepies is that the there's the happiness and the euphoria and then it's just like ah yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot like that i don't know how does everybody else feel uh, I feel slightly better, but I'm also a little paranoid because, well, number one, there's two reasons why I'm, I'm, well, there's only one reason why I'm paranoid. And that reason is because they're not going to have the electoral college meet until December. And this is the chaos of it all. You can hear my dogs barking and all the phones. I'm still kind of on edge. So December is when the Electoral College meets, and then they're not even going to make a decision until January. The, the election could still be swung by some stupid technicality, and I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. See, we all have PTSD from 2016, so we're expecting the worst, but I, I just don't see how 
it, the, that is going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot more people um, supported Trump who, who do, don't support him anymore. So I, I'm feeling really confident about that. But it is concerning. All the technical. Also, it's just so weird because like last year, and I guess this is why, because um, Hillary Clinton, she conceded the race. And then Trump hasn't done that. So that's why we, you know, don't have a clear winner. But we and, do have a winner. He's just not conceding because he's an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> and so now we have to have these uh, technicalities play out. But there's definitely not like a miscount of votes. I don't, definitely not any Russian interference. Well, maybe a little. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, I get, yeah, I get your concern because, I mean, you know, it's still, right, he hasn't conceded and you'll get comments from like, I think like Mike Pompeo was asked Uh, today, like, will there be a smooth transition? And he said, yeah, to another Trump administration. And then he was like, oh, I was joking. You can't make (laughs) jokes about that. You can't joke about that. Also, that is so inaccurate because it's already not smooth. So it's just like a dumb thing to say. Right. Like clearly it's going to be a struggle to maintain power is what it actually is. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just sound dumb. Yeah, but it's so clear, you know, any anything they try to do would be very illegal. And, I mean, they've already gotten away with a lot of illegal stuff. But I don't know. It just, I don't know how it could, it, it's so, like, we, we have a clear winner, you know? I don't know how they can really contest that. Maybe I, I just... I don't know that, and this is <clears throat> my conspiratorial side coming out um i don't know that they need uh <laughs> to to you know recognize it i don't i don't think that they that that even plays a a role in their thought processes at this point like nothing that is done is done through normal channels with this president oh and, and really uh, doesn't play a role in his thought process yeah i don't think he's followed That's a law since clear behavior um, this way, which is unheard of. Yeah, so it's really concerning that um, that he made the moves that he did with uh, was it yesterday when he <clears throat> uh, replaced some top brass at the Pentagon, and in like why after the election are you doing this? Why are you making these changes right now? I mean, even if you did win, there's it's just an odd time period to, to uh, make these changes to people who are loyalists and not actual uh, uh, experienced, uh, at least in their areas, military personnel. Um, and, you know, the, the DOD is uh, in turmoil. But, you know, when you're putting loyalists in positions of power, uh, you know, this is what a despot does who wants to remain in power is he replaces the people who could challenge his authority with loyalists. So just, just that side of me expressing itself in, in um, an effort not to be surprised if something really stupid goes down um, because we can't rule that out. However, (sighs) at least (laughs) the hope of a um clearer future a 
a future where every day six different controversies don't rear their ugly heads, um, where I'm not constantly nervously checking my phone to see if maybe we lose all rights. You know, maybe today he just decided that he's not going to play uh, the game anymore and he goes for broke. Um, it was really great to see everybody sigh uh, with relief, though. So this weekend was pretty good. Yeah, I feel like the energy is just so much better. And, you know, the celebrations and everything. Um... The counter protests to the Trump protesters, like, you know, ch chanting either uh, count the ballots or don't count the ballots. <laughs> but, <laughs> what I love is he did, yeah. He and they're he turned around on that. He was like, "Now count the ballots." <laughs> he was like, "Stop counting them." <laughs> but like I the counter protesters, like, and, and people all over the country are dancing in the streets. People mm -hmm. all over the world were dancing in the streets. Like Paris was like ringing the church bells, and like, did you see that video of like? I think it was one of the late night shows just like went around to all the, the major European cities and they were all just like celebrating and yeah. 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 And the energy in, in, in my neighborhood was like so amazing on Saturday. It was just like, we found out my roommate and I, like we started hearing like cheers coming from outside and we were like, Oh, we better check the news and then <laughs> realize what had happened. And then we like went to the park and everyone was just out. It was sunshiny. And there were people like walking around the park with like signs that was like, like GTFO and like, you know, um, it was really fun. That's great. Oh. I bet Brooklyn was a great place to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, um, that that was exciting. I I kind of we didn't really have that going on because we had the IU game that oh, day. Oh right, yeah. Uh, so we didn't. There there were fireworks and stuff. I wonder if that was for. Well, we'll take it. We could just claim that. <laughs> that was yeah. that was in celebration. Um. Yeah, there were like people out picnicking. There would be like random like cheers that would just get started like in the middle, in the middle of the park. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I that you know you hear a lot of the uh, the stuff online, and I have strangely enough a fair number of conservative friends on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure why they decided to friend me of all people, <laughs> but they did. I have like a couple hundred now, and um, and they were sad and they were distraught and. And that kind of, uh, it was sad to see, but at the same time, um, I remember some of these people um, putting up the F your feelings and snowflake kind of stuff four years ago. So um, at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, maybe you learned something. Let's hope. Uh, yeah. I've never understood it, though, because I've never found... Trump to be a per particularly conservative or religious man. So I just don't understand why those people support him. I, I just, it doesn't register with me at all. Well, I wonder if it's kind of along the same lines as the, uh, you know, fulfilling the prophecy, because I heard a lot of that. Okay. Uh, during this past four years, you know, Trump's fulfilling. Is that what you're talking oh, about? Yeah, end times. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Book of Revelation, you know, it's like, let's bring about the end. They want the end of the world, so, yeah. Or it's just like a nationwide case of, like, Stockholm Syndrome, you know? (laughs) Well, that's for true. We definitely have that. I'm going to actually touch on that in a little bit here, because the the way that this is being framed, uh, you know, everybody is talking about, uh, well, I'll move on to that in a bit. So what happens between now and Inauguration Day? What are your what are your thoughts on um, what's going to happen? Make some calls. Figure it out. I mean, we've got some motion. We've got the president and vice president-elect. They're putting forth, you know, ideas, and they're going ahead with transitions. What's happening there? What's, what's going to happen? I want to hear your most, like, conservative, hopeful, outlandish, whatever prediction. Mm. Anybody? I mean, you know, I'm just, you know, concerned, like we all are, that he's just going to do everything he can to bring down the ship with him. Um, Yeah, it's, well, I mean, I just wish that, like, Joe and Kamala had some sort of, like, say, like, right now, you know, like, there shouldn't be this gap between the election and the and the inauguration because there's so much time for trump to like mess things up you know i don't know it is interesting that we have that gap you know in britain the prime minister just goes in the in the next morning yeah after she or he is elected um and we do have this gap it should be for good reasons it should be you know to transition peacefully and democratically as you said, Ireland, I don't think that that is Trump's goal, <laughs> you know, and that is concerning. I just don't think that he has that much power anymore. I think he's angry. He's scared. Uh, there are lots of people that are distancing themselves from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are still the idiots like Pompeo and Giuliani. But they're making fools out of themselves i mean how how about that full season situation i mean you couldn't make this stuff up it's so it's so fabulous actually so true and i can't believe that they went ahead and held the press conference there it's one thing to make a mistake and book it there but then you say oh we can move this you know oh yeah i want to know what intern got fired that day (laughs) And I'm like, how hard is it to book a press conference at the Four Seasons Hotel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they can't even do that. <laughs> so. Oh, man. That was delicious. Oh, but they had, they had the Midwest Straight Cat uh, uh, organization meeting that day. So, you know, maybe it was, it was booked. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, we can't do a press conference. Just like, absolutely, this is not happening here. Don't come here. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, I I think that that was just (laughs) a great example of this administration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Rudy Giuliani, speaking of, did you see the new Borat movie? Um, yeah. Oh, yep. my oh my God. God. Oh my, oh my God. God. Is, is that wow. what you called about it? Because I sort of wanted it to be more. I was a little disappointed. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted just the like, money shot. Oh, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what else? Um, they actually had 
Rudy Giuliani had a, a armed police officer standing outside of his room during that sh- during that scene the entire time. Oh my god! Wow. So I'm you. you I, I'm sure it was really like stressful, <laughs> like but well executed. It yeah. was very well and executed. And that actress, oh my god, she needs That's an Oscar. Fabulous. Yeah. Oh my god. Fabulous. It was so good. It was so funny though watching it though because it was so genius the way she did it. She literally, I mean, it, it's very simple. She literally just played to his ego, and then he fell right into the trap. You know, it was so easy. Oh yeah. my god! Mm-hmm. And just like touched him on his leg. Yeah, like one, one time. time. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it took. That's all it took. <laughs> like, oh my god! I felt the parts where they're having a conversation, and she is just flattering him, playing to his ego, as you say, Ireland. That was so transparent about what a person he is, you know? Mm-hmm. He was so pervy <laughs> in that segment that I thought that was more than him putting his hands down his pants, which to me really, I, I, I'm disappointed, but did look like he was tucking in his shirt. I, <laughs> but let's look yeah, this. I don't know, yeah. You let's know, do like, a rig. <laughs> as, a, as a trans person, um, a trans woman in particular. I, I take offense at the notion that uh, he was tucking. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mommy, I did not mean to offend. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he offended. That was the, uh, uh, not you. But everybody's talking about tucking, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, but- that wasn't us. I'm not. I'm not really a big fan of Borat. If you want to know the truth, I saw the first movie and I thought that was one of the worst experiences of my life because I just felt sorry for the people who are well-meaning people, especially uh, in the China shop. But I don't even mean to belabor this point. But I did <laughs> this second movie, which I watched only because of the Giuliani scene, um, was actually pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was also very uncomfortable watching the first one, I have to say. And but like the second one, I did watch it um, after I'd seen like a little speech that he did, Sash Baron Cohen did about it. And he was like, you know, like, the whole point of me doing this is to get people to expose themselves, like get people to tell them themselves, basically. And he did that really well in the second movie, I thought, I mean, down to like, I don't know, the scene when his daughter arrives in America, and like, He's like trying to put the lid back on her box and the <laughs> delivery guy is just helping him do it. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's insane. And like the guy at Home Depot or wherever they were helping him pick out chains and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> helping him pick out a cage for his daughter. Like, oh are you kidding? God. Oh my God. Anyway, that's enough oh. about Borat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we didn't uh, know that. Highly recommended though. So yeah. good. You know, I I believe in that though. I believe in using um, humor to point things out. I believe in exposing this stuff because you know it's there. It's in America. It's all over the world, but it's in America. And if it's not brought out into the sunlight and poked with a stick, it just stays there and lives and grows. And uh, yeah, why would you help somebody put the lid back on a box? I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> to me that's just like you know at some point do people just not 
stand up for any values or is that where their values are i uh, oh, oh hold on uh, i i mean when, when there's a camera involved at least i think i hope in 2020 that most people have that reaction and that um you know if there's a camera there then it's it's not real so i i like to keep that in mind but it's, it's hard to tell like if they're really genuinely like if they're just doing it because they're on camera or like some of the stuff in the first Borat like r- really made me uncomfortable yeah um I, I think it's hard to tell actually what's real about this one you know um i i know like that cotillion was staged it wasn't a real uh-huh. you know they invited a bunch of people and they were like we're doing a movie about a cotillion you know yeah. so so much reality show is really just improvisation and so much of our political theater over the past four years is pretty similar. I mean, it's reality show staged. And um, God, I it makes me feel dirty to be a part of it, right? I mean, like, we're here, we're participating in this. And ew. <laughs> like, uh, Oof. and that's, that's part of it too we're participating we're we we're trying some of us are trying to get out of it some of us are just going all in i'm seeing a lot of uh posts um from the conservative side who are kind of just clueless that this was staged you know this is all staged and it's like really you're being played and here you are maintaining that you know, you're defending Giuliani, you're defending Trump, of all people, and, and his theater. Like, how? And maybe it is, hey, um, we've got kind of a camera in the way of, of social media. So, in a way, we're always on, right? Somebody's always watching. We're always playing to something. Blech. Blech. Yeah. Oh, man, you just added a layer to that for me. Oh, um man. Because <laughs> yeah, okay, we should move on from the Borat because I'm about <laughs> to start uh, analyzing the f- the first one, some of the scenes in the first one. Um, but we'll save that for the podcast. Sure, Kat yeah. and I actually watched that for the first time in advance of watching the second. <laughs> yeah, see, I did too. I watched the first one for the second. Um, that's bad for children. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch that movie. My dad specifically said I could not watch that movie. <laughs> it, I, looking back, it was kind of tame. You know, it was like 2002. Um, it was really kind of charmingly quaint. <laughs> but at the yeah. time, it was like this big thing. And the casual male nudity. I just, I'm a fan of that. I think there should be more male nudity in films. Sure. I agree. Um, there just there should be. Let us level the playing field somehow. Like to make it women everywhere, right? Right. Yeah. So I'll give that. Borat has that going for it. I, I, really? I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> why? Is it, to me, it seems like the people that are naked are always the people I don't want to see. Well, that's and Borat yeah. would be in that category. Yes. <laughs> that's just <laughs> to each. Now, now. Um, wouldn't just, you wear one of those 
Borat bathing suits, Justin? Would I? Yeah. Well, of course. But yeah. I... <laughs> I don't see him do it. That's going to be the picture on the uh, podcast. Uh, Justin <laughs> in a Borat bathing suit. Oh, I'm so here for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just Photoshop your head on top of Borat. Right. <laughs> no, you said no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, back to uh, this, the matter at hand. Um, so, you know, Biden called us out in his uh, potential acceptance speech. Um, well, wait, I mean, called us out. Do you mean acknowledged us? <laughs> acknowledged us, yes. Uh, sorry, not call us out as in call out culture, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he gave us a shout out. How's that? Yeah, and I thought it was great. I really did. Um, I was very happy. He's the first president to do that. Wow. Yeah, first president to use the word transgender in an acceptance speech. And then I guess Obama was the first to use gay in his first acceptance speech. And I have to say, I'm very happy with Biden and Kamala with, um, you know, the people that they are considering adding to their cabinet, appointing. I, I think it's very exciting. I, th I think it will be a diverse group of people. I think that's one of his goals. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Because, I mean, so he's, he's uh, named us specifically. And um, what does that mean? Like, again, with the jaded over the past four years and and frankly over a lifetime of um, being passed over and thrown under the bus and uh, you know told oh we're, we're gonna work for you and then that not happening this seems like really encouraging uh, for LGBT folks so uh, but he seems to be following that up with actual um, action ish right I, I and there's been some things I was actually very moved when he said that Pete Buttigieg reminded him of his son, Bo. You know, I don't think that he would say something like that if he was just pandering to us. Right. I think that he has actually a lot of respect for Pete and that shows. Um, I, I really think that Biden is an open-minded man. I don't think that he's pretending at all. A lot of people are, you know, pulling up the things that he said back in the 70s and well, the 80s and 90s. And people do evolve, and you have to give them a chance to do that as well. Now, as you've said, Melanie, we're in the honeymoon phase. You know, maybe a year from now, we'll be having a totally different conversation. I hope not. I really hope not. Right now, I'm happy being happy. <laughs> yeah, let's just stay there for now, you know. Right now, we still got a lot yeah, there's, there's a lot that's going to happen. We also have to remember that the president isn't a monarch. He is going to have a lot of opposition. Well, if, I mean, if, if uh, so I know that there's a, a push to have the two independents in the Senate declare themselves uh, Democrat. Um, you know, they already caucus with them, but if they declared themselves Democrat, then that would take the power away from uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, mm -hmm. who made it in by a landslide. Which is so strange, but <sighs> maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I think to Lucas's point earlier, 
I think it was you, Lucas, that mentioned this, that a lot of people who were Trump supporters last election are not anymore. I think these are still conservatives that realize that he doesn't represent them. But Mitch McConnell still does. So I think that there are a lot of divided tickets. People didn't vote for Trump, but they still voted for Republicans. Right. And Republicans picked up so many seats in the state legislatures and everything. So, but McConnell? Well, yeah, he's a terrible man. I I can't, I'm not going to explain that one either. I don't get it. But uh, I hate to just throw it out there and say, well, Kentucky, you know? Um, But well, Kentucky. Well, Kentucky, yeah. I mean, (laughs) say it's the same Indiana. I'm really disappointed in us. Although at the same time, you can see the silver lining in some things, or maybe the good, maybe silver lining is the wrong word. But, you know, how many people did vote for Biden? even if the states went red, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk and there was a lot of, of backlash that I was hearing against Biden. So that so many people did vote for him in the state is kind of amazing. It's still disappointing that people aren't, because um, the arguments I'm hearing for Trump are not good. They're not cogent they're not um well like they would be no but i i was very heartened to see that texas was light blue for a period did you see that map that colored everything instead of just straight red and blue it did shades according to the yes that was nice that was nice and that's what i'm talking about it was sort of amazing to see so much blue in red states and states that red so I don't know. Hopefully Biden will be successful this term and get another term. Or maybe it will be Kamala. Um, we're coming up in the mid, midness of this. Uh, and you know what we haven't done in a long time? We haven't, we haven't done any community minutes. And I, I'm missing them. Um, Lucas, do you feel comfortable doing community minutes? Well, guess what? There's nothing going on. Actually, let's take a look at the community calendar on our website at wfhb.org. Um, I'm not sure if we're still technically in fun drive, but now is a great time to remember your local radio station here at WFHB in Bloomington, bringing you all the hot live news and the tasty, spicy discussions and public affairs. And lots of uh, excellent music and live music. I think Local Live is actually back on the air uh, as of two weeks ago, I think. And they're doing some remote stuff. They had a band from Germany play, I guess, which is pretty cool. It's not very local, but (laughs) very (laughs) cool. Local to somewhere. (laughs) Local to somewhere. So Thursday, what have we got going on? We have a, uh, check this out. Uh, I'm sorry. Local Clay Potters Guild 23rd Annual Pottery Virtual Show and Sale. That means you can go online. Um, so this will be on from November 1st until the 30th, uh, there are live events starting November 6th. There's a bunch of live artists 
participating artists to live videos, virtual studio visits. That sounds very cool. Shop your favorite potters in your jammies, watch videos live and recorded of studio tours and demonstrations. Virtual cookies, anyone? Not computer cookies, but recipes from your local potters. Now that's just wonderful. And uh, I don't see where this is. Um, I think if you go online to localclay.net, you can learn more. And that's cool. We love art and being awesome. And so, I think the Pottery Guild is actually right close to you, Lucas. In that, oh, really? Yeah. Um, Down by the Rainbow Bakery? Yeah, right next door. Or in that oh. building. So, yeah. Maybe they're hosting some of that there. And the, that's about it. There's a couple of things. If you're looking for stuff to do, you could always check our website, um, wfhb.org slash calendar, and you can send in your events. Um, there are some instructions on how to do that. You just email calendars at WFHB um, with your information, and then we will read it to the masses. That's And sad. that's it. Yep, that's the count. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. Yay! There's stuff going on. There is. Kind of. Virtually. Virtually. But it's um, it's it's very, very necessary to reconnect with community, I think. So oh, let's keep that going. Let's do that every week from now on. Let's find some stuff that's going on locally and get people moving because COVID's increasing and that means we're going to be locked down again at some point. We don't need that. It's just terrible. Um, what else? What else is going on? Uh, Wait, you know, we lost Sean Connery this week. And... Oh, uh, Bond. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. We lost yeah. Alex Trebek. And, and I saw a meme that was uh, the from the Saturday Night Live skit with uh, Alex Trebek and, and Sean Connery, where Sean Connery was, you know, fake Sean Connery, was giving fake Alex Trebek a whole lot, a lot of gruff, and uh, and this one was making fun of him for something about, um, I beat you, I beat you by a week, suck at Trebek, and that made my heart a little happier, because uh, that's, Sean Connery was a, a sexist, bastard and uh, <laughs> I'm not missing him much for that um, but Alex Trebek was he was a stand up guy from everything I've read so. I have to say Sean Connery was my favorite Bond it's a sexist franchise it's just what yeah. it, you know well it's, it's, yeah. it's it was time, but um, yeah I watched it with some of my millennial friends and I think that they were rather shocked and <laughs> <laughs> It was. We watched Goldfinger, which is an incredibly misogynist oh. movie. <laughs> I mean, really incredible. But um, I don't know. Sean well, Goldfinger Con- finally got his wish, right? Did Goldfinger get his wish? Which no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> well, now, well, are we going to spoil that? What? 
well, number one, Sean Connery died. Number two, <laughs> uh, the new movie coming out, right? Right. Is uh, Bond is passing the torch. Right, exactly. Which is, I mean, good timing. at this point, it's been yeah. in Variety, it's been in other places. But not just passing the torch, because that happens from time to time. Uh, not fast enough in some cases. I'm looking at you, Mr. Uh, Brosnan. Uh, but this time, it's being passed for the first time to a black woman who's also a lesbian. Boom. Boom. Hey, I am ready for it. That sounds like a good James Bond movie. It I've really never seen does. a James Bond movie in my entire life, and I'm going to watch this one. Oh, Ireland, <laughs> are you kidding me? You've never seen one? Never. I don't know. I just missed, I don't know, missed it. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're my guilty pleasure, but they are of my era, you know. Yeah. I've seen a couple, too. No, they did. It's in Austin love- Powers. That's like the same thing, right? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It is. Oh. Great, too. Yeah. Um, so her name is Lashana Lynch. She uh, was in a couple movies that people might have seen, but the, the most famous would have been uh, Captain Marvel, where she played uh, Maria Rambeau. Uh, Captain Marvel's bestie since they were kids and um, she's a fighter pilot and a badass and it, it's a it's a really really great character um, she likes to imbue them with a lot of depth and uh, from you can read all of her um, interviews and stuff and I would because I love her accent she's uh, uh, Jamaican British and just has a I like British accents. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but No, I only watch British shows. Right? <laughs> I've been obsessed with Irish accents ever since I started watching Dairy Girls, because now I'm just obsessed. Aw. Yeah. Those are but, good ones. Yeah. And it fits, right? They're just so interesting. I don't know. Just um, Maybe you're primed for that with your name. I, quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Secret of Roninish. Watch it. It's fantastic. Um, but anyway, yeah, she's she's a great actress, and she's got a lot to say. She really is mindful of her representation on screen. So I can't wait to see this because I want to see somebody who's not just a, a raging testosterone molecule on the on the screen. Uh, <laughs> I think Roger Moore played it. A lot of his were pretty campy and um, kind of. Like there were a couple that were goofy almost. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't all super serious. There was in. <laughs> God, I hate the name of the movie. Uh, it, it was. It wasn't a. Um, oh, Sean Connery version. It was. So oh, what was his name? All right. You mean Roger Moore? Roger Moore! Yay! Fantastic! Thank you so much. Yeah, and then it was. But George Lansby was the one who played him only once. Oh. So, anyway, this wasn't the movie that I was actually thinking of. Uh, there's one that's called Octopussy. I thought it was that one. It isn't. Um, <laughs> thank God. Because I haven't seen this movie since the early 80s because it made me cringe. But at the same time, really uh, happy later on. 
when I found out that <laughs> there was a first trans Bond girl. And uh, oh. for those of you is who haven't seen this, what? Is it, wait, when? It was 1981, and the movie was For Your Eyes Only. Mm. And her name was, well, she went by it. Tula, but her name's uh, Carolyn Cossey. Hmm. And she's still around some, and she's still gorgeous. Uh, but she was stealth, and uh, so she was on there. So Bond is wow. in their horribleness. Uh, they actually did some, maybe even unintentionally, uh, big moves. So I yeah. think it's important to note, though, even with their whole horribleness, that it's very intentional. It's very campy. It's also making fun of as it's create as it's creating it. It's making fun right. of it. <laughs> it's making fun of what it's creating. <laughs> so. Oh. Bless the I can't excuse it that way, I guess. Um, I just kind of laugh. You know, I don't get upset about it. When, you know, when you're growing up and uh, the kids in your neighborhood are pretending to be James Bond and they've got the swagger and the kids didn't know the difference, you know, and the kids didn't realize how camp that was and, and how ridiculous. For the time, actually, it was almost tame. Um, some of the comedies that were out at the time were really horrible and they might have been doing a send up, but it was still really horrible. <laughs> I would agree with that. I find the comedies more misogynistic and offensive uh, of that era. James Bond. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just charmed by it. I, I would actually like to get I Ireland's opinion on it, but she's never seen it or he or. They have never seen it. Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I'll watch it and I'll do like a, a review. <laughs> First time watching James Bond review. Which one should I watch? That's the real question. Oh. Uh, Goldfinger. Goldfinger, yeah. Goldfinger. Yeah, that that is ridiculous. So I would watch that one. <laughs> uh, but it's like quintessential of like the the idea of, right, well, I so, would watch a couple like movies. I like the newer Just, ones too. Daniel Craig's. Yeah. So I'll do okay. I'll do Goldfinger. I'll do and do Daniel the, Craig. What's the Casino Royale? Casino Royale. But um, anyway, go see it when it comes out, uh, or stay in and see it. Do people actually go anywhere and say anything? Uh, for those who like to use Macintoshes and uh, any of the Apple products. Apple now has a trans pride flag emoji. Woo! Um, Wait, they didn't already? They didn't already. Wow. Yeah. So, and why is it that I'm like almost bummed hearing that <laughs> they didn't already have one? I don't know. Uh, it's, oh, and, and not only just the flag, but also the trans symbol. So, the, um, the circle with the male, female, and uh, genderqueer arrows. So, mm -hmm. yay! Better late really than needed. but I'm sort of with Ireland. I, I'm like, what? They did already have that. <laughs> I always feel like we need more of those, um, more options for the people emojis mm. because there's really none of them that I can use. Like, I don't know. Like, I always have to use the the um, 
the man with brown hair. <laughs> like, oh. and that's not me, <laughs> you know? Right. I know. Yeah, I don't know who makes the decisions. Maybe we should contact them. What do you think they would do? Is there like a petition that could be started? Like, hey, we need some actual representation here. Yeah. I so thought you called it higher ups at Apple. Don't get right on that. <laughs> so there's one thing I wanted to talk about that's kind of more serious. And it's something that I was um, that I was writing about uh, this this week because there are a lot of people that are talking about unity and peace now. You know, all of a sudden they're getting all up in their uh, hopes and dreams. And now we can put all of this behind us and we have freedom and sunshine has come back to the land. Um, but I wanted to make a point that, that just for me, um, that Biden isn't the cure, right? Biden isn't the end. Even if he does appoint people in his cabinet who are LGBT, even if he is going to uh, make good on promises for more equality and justice, um, the problem is what happens in another four years or eight years when the inevitable cycle switches back around, right? And it's an abuse cycle. America is the abuser and and we keep going back and we keep saying, you know, it'll be different this time. And they keep saying, oh, they're going to change. Um, but, but that's the abuse cycle. We're going to change. We're going to do better next time. And then it goes back and we're bruised and bloody and broken and hoping for it to just calm down. But the calm part isn't the part that is what's important. The, the, the being able to breathe is a time when we need to get up all of those things that we were hoping for, that we would lost and put them back into place and move forward and solidify our rights and solidify protections and gain, um, gain in the areas that just don't seem to make it. And that is justice and equity. Those things have not been a part of America since its inception. And we talk about them, we throw that around, they use it in campaigns all the time. But, you know, the, the black um, people of color in general, immigrant LGBT communities have always been left out of that and always get left out of that and are still left out. So representation is great. We have tons of new uh, black women in office. Um, who are elected, we have things are moving and and yet we have this um, extreme court, sorry, Supreme Court, um, which is hyper uh, conservative now. And we have some bits of legislation that are coming up, or not legislation, but um, uh, rulings that are coming up that are really going to show exactly where they're at and how they're going to uh, rule and whether or not we can count on them to be impartial and fair and balanced, or if they're going to go the route of religious liberty, which means the ability to discriminate against us. Um, so Biden represents, and this is where the honeymoon phase comes in, Biden represents the time when things are calm in the abusive relationship. And when, you know, 
sun shining, you have happy days, you make good memories, um, and it carries you through the bad times sometimes. But the problem is, it's still the abuse cycle, and we need to break that. Now, somebody commented on mine, uh, on my post, and said, we need to trust each other. And um, while I do agree with that, at what point, you know, is, is there an earning of trust? There's, we have no reason to trust that we'll be actually included, that we will gain equality. Um, so don't be lulled into a false sense of safety because the people who were right there last month screaming to have our rights taken away, who are killing our people, are still there. And that's not going to stop. There's been no ceasefire. There hasn't been reconciliation, repentance, atonement. So we have to be on Biden as hard as we were uh, for anybody else and harder, right? Soapbox. No, absolutely. That was a really, I really like that analogy too. It like really puts it in, um, yeah, in a way that makes sense that lots of people, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Just I mean, the, the, the representation of this being the calm in the, yeah, it's still an abusive relationship. Yeah. Um, Let's not forget that it was not too long ago when Joe Biden was against uh, same-sex marriage. Right. So, like, I, um, I think, you know, removing from, you know, racism to diet racism and, uh, yeah, well, maybe, every- uh, oh, go on, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just, it's less bad, but still bad. <laughs> well, everything's a process and you sometimes have to be patient with the process and we have always had to fight. We are always going to have to fight. I am afraid. So that's a point well taken. I do think right now, though, it is a honeymoon period, and we have been so abused that it's okay to feel joy for a moment. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no breathe I, into it, but don't, don't forget. I, um, I think we're tough, and we're never going to forget. Well, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I hope not. I do see people be somewhat cavalier about certain things or not care about voting. And I'm like, well, you're part of the LGBTQ community. You have to vote, (laughs) you know? I mean, I I don't understand that. But so, yes, we will always have to fight. We're warriors. I trust us. I do. It takes a long time. It's been 500 years in this country. In this, in this, since what 528 years since columbus set foot and started the process of uh rampant genocide and slavery and rape and pillaging of the americas um i don't accept the it takes time thing anymore it's been generations of lgbt and black and indigenous and people of color who have died and been uh oppressed and Oh, well, it just takes time. Oh, well, when this generation dies out, yeah, then the next generation that they train. I've never in. believed that when the generation dies out because generations evolve and lots of times they evolve the wrong way. Right. So it's not Gen Z who's going to save us. But the thing is, is nothing is ever linear. And I just never expect a quick fix. 
it, as you said, this has been going on, I mean, it's been going on much longer than that. But in this country, yes. So that type of training takes a long time to undo. All right, I ain't gonna be living for several thousand years. I'm, I'm maybe got another 20 ahead of me. Um, <laughs> That's not uh, what I heard. My body's shutting down. Um, <laughs> According to some people, you're the devil herself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Where? Who? Who said that? I didn't say anything. <laughs> you're a mother. Uh, I didn't say it. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I were. Um, but I want, I don't see why we have to wait. Um, I don't see why our families can't see us and vote against our lives. I don't see why we can't look at uh, racial, uh, not tensions, but racism as an absolute. Dear God, what's been going on over the past couple of years? Uh, just the rampant, uh, open, in-your-face racism. So many people have been... Um, motivated to be open about it and i i just don't accept that excuse anymore i i don't think well, i think that, that racism is worse than it's ever been in my lifetime as i well, remember it right but so we know it's we know how not to be racist right we know how to be anti-racist but some people well, don't that's how they've been raised it's very sad well then we got to re-educate Ooh, yeah. i said re-educate <gasps> I'm a socialist commie. I'm wondering, though, has anybody here um, successfully changed the minds of anybody in their life? Any family members? Good. I would say in not changed. I, I don't know about changing minds, but like in in coming out, I have definitely um encouraged just the act of coming out encouraged family members and things to do their research do some like learning you know so i don't think i i, I was lucky enough to not have anyone who was directly opposed to me when i came out and like had good reactions and everything um but there was still some work that had to be done you know for certain people that you know needed to to be educated be more educated and um, and I have noticed that that has happened. That that people in my life have taken it upon themselves to really to really learn and understand, so that they can, I don't know, better support me. Which means a lot to me. But that's what everyone needs to be doing. Um, just and I think it's a big thing to like for us queer people to just be open about it. And it's you know obviously if you're not in a good situation, don't come out. But like come out when etc but but the act of coming out and the act of being open as who we are um you know is you know just that many more people are gonna have a queer person in their life and know you know i don't know if the longer we hide it the longer we accept you know all of this anti-lgbtq nonsense because people just don't know anyone that they can relate to you know um and obviously there are people who are directly or like who are just you know inherently homophobic and transphobic and they need to be re-educated but you know that's that's i don't know i think 
I have hope that people can do that work. People change. People um, change. They do, and that's a wonderful thing. Anyway. I'll share a fun anecdote. I don't know if my mom is listening, but when I came out to her, when she found out I was non-binary, she found out because I had changed my pronouns in my Instagram bio. And so she, I was sitting in the living room. She comes in. She goes, are you a they? <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's lots to unpack there. But yes. Um, and now um, she had like sent me an email like last week or something. And she has her pronouns in her email bio or address signature thing, which was really adorable and meant a lot to me. And she didn't tell me she was going to do it. And she didn't say anything to me about it. She, it just, she just did it because she knows now that, you know, that's important to um, trans people, which means it's important to me, her kid, you know, which means, which makes it matter to her, you know? So that's awesome. People, people grow. <laughs> that's yeah. a beautiful antidote. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's leave it on that great note. How's that? That sounds great. Change happens, folks. Be happy for it. Fight I for it. Happens. Make sure it happens. Universe, but <laughs> Do what? I said uh, <clears throat> change happens, evolution happens, for better or worse. It goes both ways sometimes. But, some, uh, some of us go both ways, yes. Yeah, like wisdom teeth. <laughs> like, why do we have wisdom teeth? God... Uh, such because, a terrible evolutionary because theory. evolution favors the dentist or orthodontist <laughs> That's the, the the wisdom teeth are it's, it's it's a conspiracy the government is placing wisdom teeth in us at birth so we have to pay to get them removed later in life <laughs> tap water makes the frogs gay and the wisdom teeth grow <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show and that's our show folks <laughs> we're so out of time Oh, man. <laughs> oh, you can cut that last Enjoy part. It, yeah. <laughs> Getting loopy. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. The Emirato's kicking in. Um, just kidding, folks. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What? Nothing. Okay. All right. Uh, who's closing? Who's reading it? Justin? Sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Cade Young. Lucas Fisher is not only our co-host, but our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Lucas Fisher. And I'm Melanie Davis. Remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, and good night from your Blooming Out family. Good night.